thing over in Philadelphia. I was uh, putting the same uh, the first Sunday of the year and um, got a chance to lead that. And as Pastor Paul and I were talking this, this morning, I mean this week, um, we we're just talking about that, that whole picture. And uh, this is what God has been giving me everywhere, everywhere I go. I mean, it's a, it's a regional uh, teaching that we've been doing. And, and God is just raising up hot spots, not because of me. And be very, very clear. I am. We all serve at the pleasure of our king. Of our king. But for just my part, um, he's asked me to do that. And, uh, and so part of that has been what we've been hearing out of Ezekiel uh, chapter 47. So I want to read that. I'm going to, I'm going to show you a short video clip. And, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the altar and how that plays a part. So I want you to look at, I want you to look at Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. And uh, we read this this past Wednesday. We're going to share a little bit um, this Wednesday coming up, and we're going to have some more altar moments. Um, and so what I want to do is I want to, I want to read scripture, and then we have, uh, we have something that we want to give out, you know, something we're going to give out, and then um, we'll, uh, we'll go from there and then go to the video. So look at Ezekiel chapter 47, and this is verse 1. In my vision... The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside of the wall, outside the wall, through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet. Here's that intentional thing again. And then he led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time, the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There will be swarms of living things wherever this water, wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life, life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea. All the way from Engedi to Engalim, the shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill, will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. Verse 11, but the marshes and the swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown or fall, and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There will be a new crop every month, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food, and the leaves will be for healing. What an amazing picture. This is 
amazing picture of what God wants to do and what he wants to do through people. This past Sunday, uh, we started the fast. And the fast was, get, was to get us to the place where the temples are right. I've shared, you know, the end of last year, and we're going to share again, the way I teach is through repetition. Repetition, for me, is a way of learning. Every gift is valuable, um, but the way God has given me, I learned when I was in my early 20s that I, I have a gift, and I am a gift, and to go and give myself to whoever will receive and so my way of giving, my way of, of my flow and how I teach is, is through repetition. My favorite statement that I've been saying for the 24 years that I've pastored um, is, does it make sense? Are you getting it? Because if we can get it, then when we're not in this temple, we can still be filled with the river and the Lord can touch other lives. So it's gotta make sense. That's why I, I go through certain passages over and over and over again, so that you get it. And so you've read this before. I've read it to, to many of you before. We just read it Wednesday night. So I want you to get that thing about the temples. There are three temples. I'm the temple. My house is a temple where, where Pam and I reside. And then this temple where we all gather to, to worship. And each temple, he wants the river filled up in us so that it flows out to touch others. That's always the goal. So I pray when you, when you have time this week, and don't wait for time, intentionally make time, and read this again, because there is a picture that God is giving us, and it's not heaven. There are so many prophetic things that come through this prophet, Ezekiel, and, it's, and some of it has to do with heaven, but this here, man, I see it as what we are to do now now. And so uh, we started the fast um, and our, our temples, we want to make sure that our temples are in the right place. Because ultimately, the reason why I, show, I read that entire scripture is because ultimately there are things that are happening in the world and God wants the church to lead the way. The church should lead the way. And so how do we start? We've always got to start with us. Let's start, with, let's start with me. And so um, uh, we have some resources that we're going to give out to families. Um, and this is a really, a really wonderful book. Do you have one of those books that I can hold up? Perfect. Thank you. And so we're going to give one book out per family. And this is called The Ultimate Guide to the Daniel Fast by Kristen Fiola. It's got 100 recipes plus daily devotionals, okay? And what's, the, what's this for? So one point, it's like it gives you ideas, creativity on, on how to walk through the Daniel Fast that's happening. And it's happening here, and it's also happening at Christ Community and the, the Delaware campus as well, Philadelphia campus, Delaware campus. And so we're, we're just, we're all locked in together. We're all locked in together. And I just honor Pastor Paul just for, for his vision and, and how, you know, we just, we lock, we lock arms, we lock hearts. Um, the four of us, uh, Pam and I, and uh, Pastor Paul and, and Pastor Kathy. And so this, is a, this isn't just something that we're going through just for the motions. And he taught on that last week. We spent so much time talking about how do we have a healthy um, mindset and walk through a good process of fasting. That's what these 21 days are for. Uh, Pastor Paul just wants us to go through a fast. Okay, I mean, let me try and line up with that. No. We're preparing ourselves. We're preparing our temples. He, he's trying to get the river. Man, man. The father is trying to get the river into the streets. And so there are things that we do and we do intentionally on purpose. And I, I thank God for his alignment. Pastor Paul's alignment. Him and Kathy aligned with heaven and then to take care of, of you all. And so that's where we are. And so this just gives us creativity in it. How do we do it? How do we do it well? But beyond just the meal prep and, and creative ideas on, on, on how to honor God, saying, I'm only going to put certain things in my body. I'm only going to put certain things in my body. I want to honor you with that kind of practice. 
So I'm on purpose thinking about my body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then it's got in here devotionals. And the reason why we're not giving it to every individual is because we want families to spend time gathered around presence. Families. Families. You know, uh, uh, two Wednesdays ago, Pastor Paul and I were talking about, you know, instead of getting on the prayer line, um, go and spend time with your family. Encourage your family. Build up your family. Have fun with your family. You know, Jesus had to be laughing, right? Otherwise, kids wouldn't want to be around him. He had to have such a, a great sense of humor. He laughs. There should be joy. And so we need to do that with our children, with our spouses. I mean, Pam and I, we crack each other up, man. We're rolling. I mean, rolling. Then when our kids come over and her little granddaughter, she's like, pop up, you know. It should be like that in family. And scripture says, God has taken the lonely and he has placed them in family. And, and for those of you that are visiting High Street this morning, I pray that you see this environment as a family environment. That's why the instruction is go around and meet each other, love each other, say encouraging things to each other. So uh, representing the family, just one per family. Will you raise your hand? And we've got our, some of the leaders, they're going to come by and, and, and give a, a book to a family. Every family, every family. Oh, okay, so. <laughs> yeah, they come into you. They come into you. Yes, for a family. Oh, yeah, one person for family. Yeah. Oh, they're saying because it's just one. Okay, I got you. Yes. If you're the only one that's here representing your family, put your hand up. Get it, get it for your family. Absolutely. Praise God, praise God. Oh, they're giving them out. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him or and or Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Again, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him. How I prove him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace sake to trust him more. Look at somebody and say, I love being here with you. I love here being here with you. All of y'all, everybody, right? Um, so uh, last Monday, I was, I was watching, I was watching uh, football. I love football. I love football. <laughs> I love football. Um, and so um, my, my family was up, part of my family was up from uh, Florida, and uh, we had some family time, and so we're sitting down Monday. Um, and we we're watching The Incredibles. I love The Incredibles. Yeah. I love cartoons. You know, my wife, tried to, my wife tried to come at me yesterday because I was watching Bugs Bunny. I, I tape. I taped Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry. I had, at one point, I had like 100 Tom and Jerry's taped on my, <laughs> on my DVR. And so I was watching it. But, uh, but Monday, we were watching, um, <coughs> excuse me, we were watching uh, Tom and Jerry. I mean, we were watching The Incredibles. And then afterwards, we, um, I went upstairs, and I had the football game taped. And so now, I'm, you know, we're, we're dialing it down. And so I'm fast forwarding through the, through the game. 
And I get to this point, it gets to a point where I see this guy and he makes a tackle. And when he makes the tackle, uh, he goes back and then he stands up. And he stands up and sort of shakes himself a little bit and he's about to go on to the next play and he just falls. He falls backward, hits his head, and there he is laying on the ground. And um, everyone comes out and they start working on him. And that's typical because there are a lot of injuries in football. But this particular one got real serious real fast and you began to see players just openly weeping and sobbing. Um, and the long and short of it was that this young man, um, his name is DeMar Hamlin, and he is a safety for the Buffalo Bills. And he, um, his heart had stopped. He had a cardiac arrest, and, and for minutes, I mean minutes, uh, apparently they were pounding on his chest to try to get his heart started again. So as you know, there's you know, lack of oxygen going to the brain. And, um, and so by now you know the nation is, everybody's praying, right? Everybody's praying. Congress isn't in session to pass a law. You know, they're, they're not bringing the police out or, 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 or anything. You know, lawyers aren't coming, uh, engineers aren't coming. No, people are praying. I thought, that was, I thought that was really cool. But um, you began to see um, just how much people were dialed in, even with the amount of resources that started to be donated to a cause that he had for children, which at the time, I think it went the, the next day was three million, the day after that it was six million, seven million, you know, just, just kept going up. You saw hearts being engaged. But the thing that was attractive to me was prayer. And then I saw something that reminded me of Ezekiel 47. And so we want to show this, this video clip. So you guys just take a look at this, and then um, we'll, we'll wrap up with what um, we'll be teaching on. me everything you know and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well that it's brought us all here together um, you know like this is a little bit different I heard I've heard it all day like thoughts and prayers and you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say like all we can do is pray for him and I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that like, we believe in prayer and maybe this is not the right thing to do but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is Lamar Hamlin right right, right now um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. We will continue to cover this story. We'll continue to bring you all the updates that we have. And as usual, we'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. I'll just reiterate how secondary football is in all of this. We are thinking and praying, as you've seen here, for DeMar Hamlin and his family and truly hoping for some better it's news. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. See, that's the picture. Now, this guy, Dan, is born again. And in the sphere that he has been put in, 
that is outside of a temple like this, and he's got a church that he attends and, and all of that, but he leads in that sphere, and when given the moment, he says, well, I want to represent heaven right. And with boldness, that river flowed up out of him, and it went, because of ESPN, which is worldwide, now this guy is praying openly, calling on God, saying things like, we wouldn't pray if we didn't believe. <laughs> now, he wasn't the only one praying, but I saw that as such a wonderful picture that no matter where we are, the river of God can flow up out of us. It can flow up out of us now. And we have to have that broad picture with that. It's got to be bigger. It can't just be, let's, let's go to the church, because sometimes the church may be closed. Because, you know, 7 o'clock tonight, the church is closed. Tomorrow at 3 o'clock, this building is closed. It's closed on Tuesday. It's closed on Thursday. It's closed on Friday. It's closed on Saturday. So when God wants to move and give his opinion, how does he do that when this place isn't open? This isn't the only temple. My house is a temple, just in case God wants to move in my neighborhood. You know, I, I, I go throughout my job and my day into supermarkets and to the bank and to the theater, and, and my temple is always open and ready for business. How many of you, your temple, filled with the Spirit of God, is always open for business? Are you always open? So these are the kinds of things that we, they, they encourage us so we can see how life gets done when there is a crisis. And when there is a crisis, the church should show up. Not high street worship or Christ community or, or First Presbyterian. Or, no, the believers in Jesus. Two or three coming together. I know at least two of the three, I'm not sure about the young lady, but I know two of the three that, were on that, that are at that desk were born again. They're born again. And they talk about their faith, you know, all the time. And here comes a situation that says, okay, let's, let's, let's bring God into it. And uh, everybody's been saying, he's in our prayers, he's in our prayers. Dan was like, let's pray now. Let's pray now. And I say that for those of you in here excuse me, businessmen and women, computer engineers or, or any kinds of engineers or any of those that work in media, any of those that are in education, you, you college students, you high school students, you middle school students, God worked with Esther and Daniel and Joseph as teenagers. And so this is a great example. How do you pray? I went, I went bowling the other day with with my spiritual son, he, he leads Christ Community Church now, and we, you know, we, we stay close. I, I lead him all the time, and, but we also have time for fun, so we went bowling. We went go bowling, there we are bowling, and after bowling alley was over, after our, our bowling sets were over, and uh, he won two games, <clears throat> but I won two games. <laughs> uh, and so we're walking out, we're walking out. And I, as soon as I came in, I said hi to the lady that was there. Her name is Trudy. I said, hi, what's your name? Your name is Trudy. I want to encourage you. Ask people their names. Ask them their names. It opens the door for heaven to come when it's necessary. So Ernest and I, we come in. Uh, we're bowling. We do our thing. After our games are over, we're leaving. We're like, oh, Trudy, thank you so much. This is such a wonderful time. She said, oh, you know, and I don't remember everything else she said. And I said, um, I said hey, look. We, we're going to pray for you. Um, is there anything that you need prayer for? And right away, she said, my sister Vicky, she has lung cancer. But, oh, it's in this stage. And so, and she was almost saying, you know, don't even, don't even bother praying because it's so far gone. And I'm like, oh, you want to pray? And she says, yeah, well, sure. And so we prayed, and I opened up my prayer with, Father, thank you that no matter what the situation, we are not embarrassed to come into your presence. We're not ashamed. No matter how far things are gone, we are coming into your presence. 
because you are a God that heals. And we prayed for her and built her up and prayed for her, and we opened our eyes, and she was weeping, and, and we just, we told her, look, understand that God is moving, and remember it's him, and it's he that led us to you. And so gave her a hug, you know, and, and then we were out. I say that to show you just the practicality of it. That you don't have to say, oh, can I have your number and I'll give it to our pastor? Or will you come to church with me on Sunday? Sometimes people won't come to a place like this. This is an amazing place. But you're the temple. And so God can touch your life. And then if you do invite them in, invite them because there's some others that look just like you because people will be impressed with the God in you. So I give you that. Now I'll double back before I give you this last passage of scripture. I'll double back and let you know that um, every day for the last couple of days, because Demar's heart stopped beating, they essentially chilled his body because they wanted to warm his. They wanted to chill his brain. And uh, I don't want you to think that I know all this. You know, my daughter, uh, she's a. Uh, She's a pediatrician, <laughs> so I started asking all kinds of questions. She says, oh, yeah, Dad, it's because of this, it's because of that, um, because they, they really don't want the brain to have to do a lot of work um, because the warmer it is, the more work that it's doing. They don't want it. They want to chill it, chill it, and then after 24 hours or, or 72 hours, they'll, they'll start to try and wake him up. Well, they started trying to wake him up, and he woke up, and... He started talking, and he started, the first thing he said was, did we win the game, you know? And, and, and so, so imagine thousands upon thousands and thousands and thousands, and I would say even more than that, all over the world saying it's time to pray, and then that happens. What does it point to? God's goodness. And so I want you to know, this season that we're in, people are open for the goodness of God. And God is looking for his church to be filled, filled so that the river will flow out of us into those around us. Does that make sense? Wave at me if that makes sense. That makes sense? Okay, good, good, good. All right, so we'll unpack this a little bit more on Wednesday and then, and then again on Sunday because the goal is that you get it. And my goal, and I've shared this, again, for the last 24 years, I want you to get this to the degree where you can teach it. Get it to where you can teach it. Oh, pastor, I'm going to come up and, and be at the podium? No, you, you don't need to be up here. I don't need to be up here. You want to teach it in your family. You want to teach it, you know, to people who are broken. You want to show them, this is, this is God. This is love for you. But we have a responsibility, though, and that is to make sure that when we, when we access God's glory, when we access his presence, that, um, that we do more than just dance around the anointing. Dance around great worship, and I love worship. And right now, you, you can see, I love worship. I love singing. I love playing. I love that environment. I can stay in there all day, all, man. But look at it this way. God doesn't want us to just stay at the burning bush. He wants us to go and deliver Egypt. Okay, let me say that again. God doesn't just want us to be at the burning bush, dancing around the burning bush, waving around the burning bush. Here, the presence of God is here. This is wonderful. He doesn't want us to stay there. He's got a whole group of people. I always say it. He's got the church. He loves the world. And he loves us, but he has us. He doesn't want it to stop with us. Isn't that how we actually got into the family of God? He takes the lonely and puts them into family. Well, he put us in his family, and that's why we're so open to family. And Pam says all the time, I collect people. Why? Because God, God collected me. He collected me. And so whether it's an 80-year-old or 50-year-old, a 20-year-old, a, you know, a, 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 I don't know, a teenager, you know, I've gotten to a, to a place, or, you know, I've met in some of our Wednesday sessions, met some of these, these young, you know, young adults and teens. And so I'm, my heart, man, my heart is so tied to a young man named Roman. Young man named Roman, man, my heart's tied to him. Because I remember what it was like at 13 years old and 11 years old, and God pulled me in. Man, so 
let's be, let's be at that place where he flows out of us. Let's not stay around the burning bush. Let's go to Egypt. And Egypt isn't miles and miles away. Egypt is right outside them doors. We want to see all of Burlington transformed or whatever county you live in, whether you're in Deptford or, or you know, across the bridge in Ben Salem or, or Willingboro or Cherry Hill or it doesn't matter. Hamilton, it doesn't matter where you're at or where you're from. God wants to reach them. And God wants you to be in such a way where whether it's people who don't know Jesus or just broken people, like what God was using Amy and saying, you know, hey, here's healing. And God's bringing light in life. And she's like, look, God has me to give something for those of you who may be broken. Well, show up. Show up and say, yeah, you know, I've been having some problems. May we get to the place where we're not ashamed. We're not embarrassed. But also we believe in the anointing that is on others. And that's what this is for, really. That's what this is for. This is a training ground. We get built up. We get encouraged, man. We learn how to do it here. And may the days be gone where those outside of the church encourage us more than those that are inside. We identify giftings. Identify them. Identify the heart of the father on Stephen, who I met, you know, about four months ago. And the heart of the father is on Stephen. He's there. I got, a, I got a chance this morning to meet Joan. And the heart of the father's on Joan. I met this young, this young man this morning. His name was Dorian. You know, the heart of the father's on this young man. But it's up to us to build in and to pour in. Wave at me. Does it make sense? All right. All right. So I want to give you something that I want you to soak in. And then I want to, I want to pray a corporate prayer. Um, uh, and so where are we at? Let's go to... I'm going to go to Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, forgive me, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and I want to read this, verses 1 through 4. I think they have 4, and I'm, but I'm going to also take it to 5. This is the New Living Translation. Look at this, look what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. You heard Chayton and Naomi and, and, uh, and Dino playing that song, this is my worship, here's my worship. Well, what's the, the best way of worship? Give your bodies to God because of all he has done. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God is giving you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a, specific, a special function, verse 5, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. In a minute, I'm going to ask everyone to come to the altar. Because see, we can have a 21-day fast, but if we're not intentional about giving God everything, then we'll just be going through motions. And we'll come out of the end of this, and it'll be just sort of business as usual. And God says, I'm trying to prepare you for expansion. I'm trying to prepare you for an invasion, an invasion. And you don't have to be a, a commentator on ESPN to be part of the invasion. God will use you wherever you are. But there are things that he wants us to do as it relates to holiness and the glory. You know, when the priests used to go into the Holy of Holies, they, they practice being dead. They really did. They put blood, you know, on different parts of their body. So as they went in, 
they go in being perceived as dead. Because see, where God is concerned, no flesh will glory in his sight. He told Moses, he says, no one has ever seen me and lived. So there is something unique and honoring that we have to respect about the glory of God. And so we say things sometimes. We feel things sometimes. So when I was talking to you about loving God with all of your heart, it also includes your mood. As we go through these 21 days, and we're learning how to bring our bodies under control so that we can give everything to God, give them your mood. When I invite you to the altar, and it's not going to be a big, long thing, I'm going to speak over you and let it involve every part of you. God, I give you everything. These 21 days, when we have these altar moments, when I invite you to the altar, I'm not inviting you to the altar to bless you. I'm not. There are moments for that. But when we're trying to get into the presence of God as a living sacrifice, we're talking about death now. Death so that I can be in his presence. In the New Testament, death is repentance and brokenness. That's what death looks like in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when the priests would go into the Holy of Holies, you know, they're taking the, the warm, they dip their finger into that warm blood of that animal and they put it around so that when they go in, God sees you know, this, this, this is death. And they fill it up with smoke so, so nothing can be seen. And they get as low as they can, crawling in. And here's the deal. If any part of life is seen, like any kind of flesh is getting glory, or any kind of sin is in their life, they have ahead of time tied a rope around their foot so that if, when they fall dead in the presence of God, they got people that can pull them out. Because God is Holy. He's holy, and not as a pastor, but just as a Christian, as a son of God that is always trying to be getting close to his glory. I, I, I make sure my communication with Pam is tight. So if I ever say something that hurts her feelings, I want to be quick to repent. You know, those, those phrases I gave you weren't just nice statements, quick to repent, quick to forgive, quick to love. No, we got to live by them because I always want to be in the glory of God. I always want to be holding his glory. And we've gotten to a place where we, we, we treat the glory like it's all, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the glory. And we, and we get around it and it feels good. We get around anointing. But glory, that's another level. See, anointing, man, it makes you feel good. That's where we dance. That's where we laugh. That's where we celebrate. We see somebody's anointed because anointing is for flesh. That's what anointing means. God on flesh doing those things that flesh couldn't do without God. And so you hear people teach and preach and sing and write and do all kinds of things under the anointing. And it's attractive. It even gets us to the place where we move and engage in hero worship. That's why we worship men and women that are behind the pulpit. May God get us away from that. It's an anointing. It's a gift. And the Bible says they come without repentance. But the glory, glory will mess us up. But I want his glory because the glory, that's the only thing that will destroy yokes, remove burdens, heal and deliver and set people free. But we have to be serious about that. And that's not to, you know, bring you into a level of shame. Let me be real clear about this. If the enemy is whispering in your ear, oh, you're so bad, you're so horrible, you're, and I, the pastor's talking about you. No, no. God's not coming to bring shame and condemnation. Jesus said, that, you know, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He's trying to fix it and make it right. But we must deal with the sin issue if we're going to be filled with the river of God and Egypt is going to be transformed. So we got to take it seriously. That's why I bring Pam into it because that's, we, we got to live. You know, I'm not Pastor Terry at home. <laughs> She's not in the kitchen. Pastor Terry, food's ready. Nope. <laughs> She's not. And so we want to be kind and loving and tender. We want to make sure that our bodies are, are walking in line with the, with the Father's will, where we're not moving in perversion. And so we pray over our houses to be filled up. Pray over your device. Pray over your device. Don't just, you know, 
surf every part of the internet. Don't just go to every, every Facebook site. Don't just soak on every in, um, Instagram uh, post. Don't just look at every TikTok. We want to make sure that we are filled with the Spirit of God because there are people who are broken and bruised and blind and captive and lame. And he says, I want to partner with you. If you're 60, if you're 30, if you're 20, if you're 14, if you're 58, it doesn't matter. White, black, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter. He says, I want to use you. But let's not take advantage of the fact that we're in the family and we can say and do whatever we want to do. We can't. We must stay clean. He says, be holy because I'm holy. Is he loving? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's the most loving, but he's also holy. So he says, let me purge those areas. That's why he says, a living sacrifice. Dead man walking. Dead man walking. And this happens all the time. When I got born again at 11 years old, my dad led me to Jesus. Every Sunday, I was ready to go and get saved again, get born again again. So when the pastor read the altar call, every Sunday I'm walking down. And I had it all, I had it off. And then I found out you can get born again. You get born again once. You accept Jesus once. You're in the family of God once. But you can experience conversion a million times. You can repent all the time. So now, every day I want to be at the altar, not because I'm trying to get saved again, but because I'm trying to stay accessing the glory, and I don't want anything alive on me. Paul said it this way, I die daily. I die daily. And so I want to invite you. I want to invite you to the altar. I want you to be hungry. I want you to be hungry. I'm going to move this out of the, out of the way. This will, be a, this will be a short time, but I want you to be intentional about it. You should come to the altar. And when you come, come letting things go. Come letting things go. We're coming and we're leaving things at the altar. We're not coming saying, Pastor, bless me, I need a job. Pastor, bless me, I need this. No, 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 no. We are coming saying, Lord, I give myself to you. I give myself to you. I'm going to be in your presence. I want to be in your presence. I want to let go of anything that doesn't look like you, Lord. As you come to the altar, and as you know, everybody in here, I want you to know, coming to the altar doesn't mean that you've got all this sin in your life, that you're this horrible person. I don't want somebody to think that because I'm coming to the altar, oh, something's wrong. No, we are making fresh Commitments to God by coming to the altar. It's a fresh commitment. Saying, God, I want to give you everything. Everything, everything, everything. And allow your mind to be accessed by the Holy Spirit. Let him into your mind. That's what the psalmist says. Search me, O Lord. Try my thoughts. Search my heart. If there's anything that's not like you, if there's any wickedness in me, anything that doesn't line up with your opinion, oh God, I just, I just search me. I just search me. Before the river goes into the streets of Burlington or, or wherever he is calling it to go, before it goes there, Lord, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. As you come to the altar, just let your heart, and for those of you who can't make it to the altar, just do it from the seat where you are. But if you can come to the altar, come to the altar. Listen to the words of this, of this song for a moment before I give a closing prayer. Hmm. I'm hungry for you. Hmm. I'm hungry for you. I need your touch, I seek your face, I need your presence. 
need your touch. Oh, I need your touch. Seek and your I seek your face. Mm. I need your presence. Mm. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for you. Hungry for you. Hungry for God, you. I'm hungry for you. Need your touch. Need your touch. God, I need your touch. And I seek your face. I need your presence. Yes. 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 I'm desperate. God, we're desperate for you. Oh Lord, oh Lord. We're desperate, we're desperate. We're desperate for you. Need your touch. Need your touch. We need your touch. Seek your face. We seek your face. Need your presence. We need your presence. So Father, we have come to the altar. We are asking you for your glory. And in obedience to you, we are coming and we are humbling ourselves in your presence. We are seeking your face. And we are turning from our wicked ways. And Lord, we also ask you, if there are wicked ways and we don't realize they're wicked, Bring it to our attention. Show us during this season things that we're doing and saying that may not be in alignment with you. Lord, we know that it's not for shame. It's not for overwhelming guilt. It's not for condemnation, but you want us clean. You want us to be able to access your glory. And so, Father, we present our bodies today a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you, which is the least we can do based on your mercy. We make a decision today not to be conformed to this world. We want to be transformed by renewing our minds so that we can see lifestyles that are acceptable to you. So right now, Lord, wash us. Every man, every woman, every, every teen, every young adult, no matter where their financial status is or their educational status is, even the level of charisma and giftings, Lord, we have come as those that you created to your altar. We come to where you are. Help us to see your face. Will you turn your face towards us, Lord? We're not asking for your hand. We're not asking for provision or resources. None of that right now. Right now, Lord, we're asking for your presence. Show us your glory. As we move throughout the rest of today, show us your glory. Even into the evening, may we go off to sleep thinking about you. May we rise up thinking about you. And no matter what we do during the day, we want to be vessels, living sacrifices, because we want your glory. We're desperate, Lord. We're desperate. We're hungry, Lord. We're hungry. We're longing. We're longing. And you've promised if we asked, it would be given. If we sought you, we will find you. If we knocked, we will be open. It will be open to us. So here we are, Lord. Seek your face. your presence. So right now, I release over everyone that is here, everyone in this place, a greater consciousness of God, a greater awareness of God. 
personal revival, close intimacy with God. Through Jesus Christ, Spirit of God, rest on every one of us here as we run close to the Lord, as we seek intimacy with him. Fill us. Fill us that as overflowing vessels, we might change and affect the lives of others. So fill us, we pray. So everyone where you are, whether you're kneeling or sitting or standing, just raise your hand and say this out loud. Those of you that are watching online, this is for you as well. Hand up high and say, Lord Jesus, I still believe in you. I believe you came for me. You lived for me. And you died for me. And by the will of the Father, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you were raised up from the dead. Raise me up fresh and new. Fresh and new. Fresh and new. I give everything to you, Jesus. I denounce and I renounce Satan and all spiritual wickedness. I stand today as a citizen of heaven serving my King Jesus. He is my Lord and he is Lord of all. Help me Holy Spirit. Fill me Holy Spirit. Help me Holy Spirit. Fill me Holy Spirit. Fill me Holy Spirit. Fill me with your presence. In Jesus name. Amen. Lift your voice to the Lord. Stand to your feet. Embrace someone around you. Stand to your feet. Embrace someone around you. Embrace someone around you. Say thank you for being here. Thank you for being with me.